take out your Bibles because we're going to be preaching on something today that everybody needs to hear. A lot of people don't hear it, but they need to hear it. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 11th chapter. I'm going to begin reading in verse 17. 1 Corinthians 11, I'm going to begin reading verse 17, and I'm going to read through verse 22. Paul says, Now in this, that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved might be be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. That is the way they were doing it. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. What? Have you not houses to eat in, and eat and drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I, what shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? In this I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I have delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat this my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, also he took the cup, which he had supped, saying, This cup is the, the New Testament in my blood. That, that this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink this cup, um, I'm sorry, eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Therefore, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body, that is the church. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would uh, judge ourselves, we... Uh, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be uh, condemned with the world. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it, Lord. We thank you for this special day. We thank you for this special time of the year, Lord, uh, uh, when we can uh, realize that uh, we're free. And, and because we're free, Lord, uh, because of you, we're free from uh, sin. We're free from the dominion that sin has over us. And, Lord, we're so thankful for that. But, 
because of those who uh, uh, back in the days fought for this land and and we're free to even meet here today because of what they did in, in, in fighting for this country and, and, and it's a free world. And Lord, we're just thankful that you take care of us and watch over us for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. I want to say something this morning about July the 4th. We, um, uh, you know, we're, we, we're free as a nation because of the Continental Army of the United States, of, of which, uh, Daniel Boone, who was a Kentuckian, was the one of the major, he was a, a, a major in that Continental Army. And as a result of it, uh, they, uh, they fought the British. And, and when they, when they got to the forks of what is now called the Kentucky River and, and, uh, were the, uh, the Red River runs into the Kentucky River, which is only about five miles from where I was raised. Um, they got uh, the the Continental Army knew that this is where the British Army was meeting, and so what did they do? They at night time for for two days and two nights they pulled. There, those cannons around and they set them up on the side of a mountain. And, and they were down in the river bottom, down in the bottom where the river was, and they were meeting there. And they was those coming in on boats and, and such. And so they set their cannons up to where that every cannon fired hit right down the middle of them. And as a result of it, uh, they overtook the British at that particular time, and um, and that's why we're free today, is because those brave men in that Continental Army took on uh, uh, took on the, the British, and they beat them, and and our freedom we, we have our freedom today because of that, and uh, we should be thankful for that. We should be thankful for the freedom we have today, and and uh, we should be thankful for. Those, uh, men who, who took, uh, took on, we, we may be under a completely different rule today. And, and, and one thing, if you study the history of it, you'll find out that if, if the British had have, uh, kidnapped Benjamin Franklin, then we might, it might be all over for the Continental Army. But thankful that the French came and they, they kidnapped uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin to keep the, the British from kidnapping him. They kidnapped him, put him on a ship, and took him back overseas. And But there, you have to study. It's a long history. You have to study and find out what was the reason for that. But uh, we're thankful today that we can meet here, thankful today that we, can, we have the freedom to meet. We have the freedom to go wherever we want to go. And we have the freedom to set up wherever we want to set up and live. We have that freedom today. I don't know how much longer, but we have it today. And I'm thankful for that. 
right, uh, the title of my message this morning is Unity at the Lord's Table. Unity at the Lord's Table. Um, All of us, at least I hope so, believe that unleavened bread and wine are the proper elements in the Lord's Supper and that the Supper is to be closed to all uh, who are not members of of this church uh, and on those subjects we are in unity. Those two things. Are hopefully we're all in unity. You have to, you need to be in unity of those two things. And, and I'm thankful for that, that uh, what unleavened bread and wine is, uh, as the elements and the closed communion. We don't believe in open communion. We don't believe in just giving communion to anybody. We don't believe in uh, using communion as a, as a tool to, to try to motivate people. There's people doing it. Out there today have done it, and they're doing it out there today. They're using the Lord's Supper in every way, and I want to want you to realize that this is this is special for the Lord's Church. Now, I want more than anything to serve the Lord's Supper in complete unity at the Lord's table, and I look forward to that. I always look forward to it. I've always looked forward that uh, uh, every member of the Lord's Church would be here on a day when uh, when we serve uh, the Lord's Supper. But that I don't think that's ever been. Uh, I think that there's been people out just about every time we serve the Lord's Supper. But I'm thankful that uh, uh, I'm thankful that you're here today and I'm thankful that later on we're going to serve the Lord's Supper. Now, in, in my message today, I'm going to be preaching half of it this morning. And I'll be preaching the other half uh, this afternoon. You know, the, um, the great apostle Paul speaks of unity around the Lord's table by first speaking about disunity. He speaks about disunity. Now, uh, you know, um, you, can't have, you can't have unity at the Lord's table if you got disunity. You can't do it. And, and I won't explain that to you back... Verses 17 through 22 is the verses that uh, that uh, we read today. Of course, we read all the way to 32. But uh, verses 17 to 22 teaches us that Paul told the Corinthian church, the Corinthian church was a messed up church. It really was. And Paul told the Corinthian church, he said that, uh, he said, you can't call it serving the Lord's Supper if you've got, uh, schisms among you, if you got heresies among you, and, and, and those type of things. And what that simply means is, if you got people among you that don't agree with what the church believes about the Lord's Supper, then that's disunity. And I hope and pray we don't have that today. Hope and pray we don't have that in, in here today at all. And, and the fact is, you know, we want unity at, at the Lord's table. There can be no unity as long as there is disunity. You, you can't have unity as long as there's disunity. As long as somebody don't agree with what's going on, don't agree with, with what the supper is and what the supper is about, uh, then you've got disunity. And Paul says you didn't come together to, to observe the Lord's Supper with, that, with the disunity that is among you. And if you, if you remember and go back 
the, the, the Corinthian church had four different divisions in it. It had those who believed in Peter. They had those who believed in Paul. Had those who, who believed in uh, Apollos. And then you had those who believed in Jesus. Now, whatever, whatever was taught by Paul, he had his people who were in unity with him. <coughs> and, and then whatever was taught by Paulus, he had his people in the Corinthian church that were in unity with him. And whatever was taught by Simon, uh, you, they had in his, in his, whatever he taught, he had his group of people that followed him. And, and whatever was taught by Christ, whatever they felt that Christ taught while he was still here on the earth, they had their followers. And, and so, um, that is, um, that's disunity. And Paul warned them of that. Paul told them, says, you can't do that. And furthermore than that, they were, they were bringing a, 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 a box lunch, I guess you could say. And they were all, uh, uh, sitting down, families, these groups were sitting down together and, and they were eating their meal. They called it the Lord's Supper and they were drinking their wine, which they called it the Lord's Supper. And then you had another group over here was sat down and they were doing the same thing. They brought their own food and they sat down. They had this and then they, they had, uh, another group over there, uh, which did a very, Saying there's four groups in the church that did the very same thing. And Paul told them, Paul says, what about those people that don't have anything to eat? Now you have to understand the Corinthian church, the Corinthian church was a, uh, was a, um, a very, very large church. Some believe the Corinthian church had maybe uh, one or two thousand people in it. And, and it was a very large church. And so they broke up into these four units when they called it coming together and serving the Lord's Supper. Paul emphatically told them, this is not, you did not come together to serve the Lord's Supper. He said, you came together for a different reason. The reason they came together is because they didn't agree with what the rest of them taught. And so they came together in their little group in that. And, and, uh, and they, didn't, they didn't agree with what Paul had taught them. And so they, uh, uh, they all broke up in, into their own groups. So we find that, uh, uh, Paul taught that there can be no unity as long as there is disunity. And I hope and pray that, uh, there are no disunity in Landmark Baptist Church. Because, uh, I tell you, you can never have unity if you have, if you have disunity. You, you can't do it because it's, uh, it's just, it's just not possible. As long as there are those who don't see the importance of correctly observing the Lord's Supper, uh, they're the ones that are in, uh, disunity. If you don't think this is important, you're in disunity. Because it is important. It's important to this church. And so, uh, you know, some people don't think it's important enough to even be in church when they serve it. And, and so this is, uh, uh, this disunity, and, and that's why that I've always said that I would love to see the time when every member was here for the Lord's Supper so that we can uh, 
uh, observe the Lord's Supper in, in unity. And that's what we're talking about today. Now let's, let's talk about this. It is, it is, it is impossible to observe the Lord's Supper to the Lord's pleasing if there's disunity. Paul, Paul told the church there, he said, you're just, he said, you're, you're not doing it right. He says, Lord is not pleased with this. Lord's not pleased with that type of thing. You know, and we, uh, you know, we, we have today, we have churches today. There's churches today that serve tomato juice instead of wine. These churches today serve grape juice instead of wine. There's churches today that, uh, that serve, uh, any, any type fruit of the vine. Uh, uh, any, any, they, they say any type fruit of the vine, you know, is, uh, uh, is okay to use. Well, you have to understand what the Bible means by the fruit of the vine. The fruit of the vine that Jesus referred to was only one thing, and that was the grapes that, that, that the, the vine, uh, produced is the grapes and, and those, see, the thing about it is, is, um, we live in a different age, of course, than when, when Paul lived and when Christ lived on the earth. We live in a different age. And people have their own ideal about what they want to believe and what they want to do. And it doesn't make any difference. You know, uh, in, in some, some people's eyes, this pastor is nothing as far as teaching the Word of God. But in some people's eyes, he does teach the Word of God and he does teach the truth. But you've got to realize, folks, that, that there, that there's, a, we're in an age today when people are well educated. They're, and I don't see, there's nothing wrong with being educated. They're well educated and they, they, there's, the ideals have been spun, uh, uh, from, from the education that old brother Paul and Landmark Baptist Church is too old fashioned. You know, we, we need to come up to the modern age. And that's happening today. That's happening in churches today. That's happening in almost every Southern Baptist church out there today. That's happening. In that, you got, you got these churches that have gone to, uh, they have gone to this more modern way of worshiping, and they've done away with some of the old crews. Uh, and I can, I can tell you right now that most of the Southern Baptist churches around this area were organized correctly. But they have gotten so far away from it today that they can't be recognized as a church, uh, in, in, in some of these things. Now, the Lord is never pleased with, with, when one refuses to be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. I don't, I don't care if it's, if it's serving the Lord or not. The Lord is never pleased with that. The Lord is never pleased with anyone that will, that will, will not be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. The Lord's not pleased with that. He, he, matter of fact, he, he's displeased with it. Being in another assembly that is not of like order uh, is, is not sufficient. Some people say, well, I went to church. I went to so-and-so church here. But uh, that's not sufficient. That's not sufficient because some of the places we go because of our family members, because of the influence our family members have over on us, some of the places we go is not the Lord's church. But it's okay because my daddy goes there. It's okay because my mama goes there. It's okay because 
my uncle, my aunt, so-and-so, and cetera, go there. We, we, we think that's okay. But the Lord lays down what a true church is. And as I told a Sunday school class today, you know, um, uh, the Lord said, my church is going to exist down through all the ages. He said, the gates of hell cannot stop my church. So to sit here and, and for us to sit here and say, I have people tell me, well, matter of fact, just this week had a man tell me, he said, well, then you believe that y'all are the only ones that teach the truth over there. I said, we're not the only ones that teach the truth. But I said, yeah, I believe we do teach the truth. And, and uh, so, see, that's the idea we have today. Is And, and sad to say, and it, it's not good for us. It's not good for us. It's not good. It's not good for any true churches. And that is for some of these brethren to go off on these tangents and 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 compromise the truths of the word and believe it just to get a crowd into the church. They have emphatically said that if we stick with what we believe and what we stand for, there'll be there'll come a time when there won't be anybody in our type of churches. And, uh, of course, uh, there's some, Grant Hardwick, I think Grant Hardwick wrote him a letter, and, and he told him, he said, well, I can tell you right now, I teach the truth, I teach those same truths, only he does on some things, he doesn't on everything. But he said, I teach those same truths, and he said, I've got nearly 200 people. And uh, said, you can't explain that away. And, but uh, the thing about it is, is, is you know, that uh, just because you go to a church that your mama goes to, that doesn't mean it's a sound church. Just because you go to a church that your daddy goes to, that doesn't mean it's a sound church. It, it's, it's, in all likelihood, uh, someone will say, mention about them being in church. I've heard it said many times over the years. Well, I went to church with so-and-so. I, I went to church, Brother Paul, I went to church. I even had one time somebody tell me, said, yeah, said, we had church, we had church at the beach. No such thing. You can't do that. We're assembled together. God has called out this assembly today. We've assembled together to teach and preach and believe the things that the Lord uh, taught his church during his public ministry. That's why we're here today. We talk about landmarks. You know, the Lord set his landmarks. He, he said it, and he set them not to ever be moved. He set them not to ever be moved. They're, they're set, and, and they were set during his public ministry here on earth. But boy, have they been moved. They've been widened. They've been pulled, and, and they're so wide now that you can't find one end to, from the other of the way the churches are going and still calling themselves a true church. It's just just not so. Um, this is not pleasing to the Lord. If one believes it is all right to go to any assembly, then that is not pleasing to the Lord. That's not pleasing to the Lord. If you believe I can go anywhere to church, just as long as I'm happy, I'll be all right. That's not true. That's not true. I'm telling you that's not true. And, and, and I'm telling you, you know, you, 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 Lord has never set you, as I, t- as I mentioned, uh, this morning, 
if the Lord sets you in a church, He's going to set you in a true church. He's not going to set you in just any church. He's going to set you in a true church. Billy Graham, Billy Graham always said it didn't make any difference where you went to church after they all would come forward and he'd have sometimes five or six hundred come forward and his, his, the people that was, the people that was working with them would tell them, well, you go anywhere you want to to church and it'll be all right. That's not true. The Bible does not teach that. The Bible does not teach that you can just go to any church and, and, and everything's going to be all right. He doesn't teach that. And I, I know what I'm teaching is not popular with a lot of people today, but it, but it is the truth. You know, um, if one believes it's all right to go to any assembly, the, then he is what the apostle calls divisions and heresies. That's divisions and heresies. That's taking the Lord's church, what they believe, and compromising it with someone else that doesn't believe the same way as the Lord's church believes and teaches. And I'm, I'm, I tell you, I've been doing this a long time, folks. I've been doing this a long time. And I want to tell you, folks, there is a true church still in the world today, and, and I do believe that you're in one of them right now. I believe that. I've, I've often said if the Lord came back to lines and look for a church to go to, he'd come here. I believe that. I, I believe that. I, I don't believe, believe he'd just walk in any door. Because we know that he went to the synagogue, but what did he go to synagogue for? He went to synagogue to, to, teach, to teach them, you know, how wrong they were. He taught, he taught a Samaritan woman. He said, that church up on the hill there, she said, well, she said, I go, she said, I go to church up there. And he said, that's not a church. He said, that church doesn't teach truth and, 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 uh, and God. And that church up there, they don't teach it. So that's not a true church. His disciples one time went up, they found a, a religious organization up on the hill that was, that were casting out demons. And his disciples came back to him and said, they're up there on that hill casting out demons in your name. And Jesus said, are they for me? If they're not for me, they're against me. And, and, uh, and he said, uh, he said, you leave them alone. You, you know where you belong. You know what you've been taught. You leave them alone. Of course, disciples want to go up there and kill them like the Muslims do. You know, if you don't agree with the Muslims, they'll kill you. And, and that's really, that's what disciples wanted to do. They want to go back up there and destroy them. But Jesus said, leave them alone. Don't, don't bother them. Just leave them alone. And that's the same thing today. You know, just leave them alone today. <clears throat> Divisions and heresies. In the church, this attitude causes disunity around the Lord's table or at the Lord's table. It causes disunity. That It does. And you might say, well, everything goes just fine, but it causes disunity as far as the Lord is concerned. It, it is a fact that, that the offending parties must adhere to the truth or be disciplined by the church. Oh, boy. We're getting into something here now. You know, I, I know, have some of you ever heard of spiritual fornication or spiritual adultery? Some call it spiritual fornication, some call it spiritual adultery. I call it spiritual fornication. Spiritual fornication is when you, when you link yourself 
to someone who does not teach the truth. You might say, well, they're not just exactly like we are. That's spiritual fornication. And spiritual fornication is a discipline offense. It really is. It's a discipline offense. It's something that that if, if you believe that that church is as good as the other one, then you're going to bring disunity back to your church. And, 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 and they were disciplined for doing that. Many, many of them down through the years have been disciplined for doing those, those very same things. Before I go any further in this message, let's see what Jesus said about discipline. Turn with me to Matthew 18, if you would. For just a moment, Matthew 18, and I want to read to you uh, uh, verses uh, 16 through 19. Matthew 18, this is what Jesus said. But if he will not hear thee, this is talking about a sinning brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen and a man, heathen man and a publican. That's what Jesus said about it. Now some people said, I've had people tell me, uh, when you talk about what somebody does, and you know, we, it's been a long time since we practiced discipline here. And most of our discipline here is, we, we, I, I do it, I probably shouldn't do it, but I do it as non-attendance. I don't think we've ever disciplined anybody for anything else but non-attendance. And, uh, but, uh, the, the early church did. They disciplined people for fellowshipping with those who they consider to be, uh, heretics and, and not, not the true church. Most, most will say, when you talk about something like it, most will say, well, has anybody talked to them? I'm doing it right now. I'm talking to you right now. I'm telling you right now. It is a sin to link yourself in and compromise the truths of the word with those of untruth. I don't care who they are. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're a family member. I don't care if they're a friend or whatever they are. It's, it, it is a sin <clears throat> to do that. And it is a sin that's worthy of of uh, of discipline. Discipline is important to observing the Lord's Supper. All right, look at 1 Corinthians 5. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about in 1 Corinthians 5. Back over there. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 5, and here's what Jesus told this Corinthian church that was having problems, one I talked about earlier. Here's what he told them. He said, It is reported... Commonly that there is fornication among you. Now he's talking about literal fornication. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. <clears throat> and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. Talking about fornicating this was a boy. This was a son. This is the boy of the uh, of the of the father, and and he started having uh, sexual relationships with his stepmother. And Paul says that's that's reported. 
says, says what well, you think? Well, we don't know anything about that. But he said, that's reported out there in the, in the community that's happening. You know, I had somebody one time show me a picture. I'm not going to say who it was and what it was, but he showed me a picture. He said, is this person, I believe this person, a member of your church, isn't it? I said, yeah, they are. He said, why would they go and do some what they're doing right now? I'm telling you, folks, this is, this is how people see it and how they understand it. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 2 says, And ye are puffed up about it. He's, he's a member of our church, and he's here, and he says, You're puffed up about it. And have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. He said that that fellow needs to be excluded from the church. The church was 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 wasn't mourning it. Didn't think there's anything wrong with it. He says, "For I verify the third verse of First Corinthians five. For I verify as absent in a body, but present in the spirit, have judged already, as though I were present concerning him that has so done this deed." Paul said, Paul said, I'm not even present with you. And I, and I, I've never seen it, but it's wrong. Said it's wrong. Said it shouldn't be done. In the name of our Lord, Paul, Lord Jesus Christ, when you gather together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one into Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now he's, Paul did not say this man was lost. Paul didn't say he was lost. He was saved. He was a saved man. And that, that, the indication right there is saying that Paul is saying uh, 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 he's a saved man. Or I could say if he's a saved man, he says, uh, but you deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glory is not good. Your glory is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Well, what's happened to our church this day? A little leaven has leavened the whole lump. When you've got mob rule, when you've got people who say that they get together and they say, well, let's go and do this, uh, realizing that the pastor's not going to say anything, realizing that some of the other members are not going to say anything, all of them says, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go do it. Let's go do it. That's okay. If you want, are you going? Yeah, I'm going. Let's go do it. I call that mob rule. I call that mob getting together and, and planning something to where they're not going to be in the church. They're not going to be in the church. And, and, and so that's, that's what, uh, that's what happened. He says, your glory is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven will leaven the whole lump? You know, if you've got somebody that says, let's go do it, even though it is wrong, and you go do it, they've done leavened you. Leaven is a type of sin. Leaven is a type of sin in the Scriptures. And look what he says here. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. 
Therefore let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven. Now he's referring to the Lord's Supper here. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to accompany with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must ye needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such a one, know not to eat. Talking about the Lord's Supper there. For, for what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? You know what goes on. You know what goes on, and Paul's telling the Corinthian church, you know this is going on in the church. You, you know that, that, that fella that's having an affair with his mother-in-law, with his stepmother. You know that for a person. And he says, you need to get rid of him. Because what he's doing, he's leavening a whole lump. Let me tell you something, folks. People will get their foot in the door, and then they'll begin to leaven the whole lump. And that's what happens. That's the reason, that's the reason it has to be clean. That's the reason it has to be cleaned out. That's the reason I preach and I teach, and you know I preached it, and I've teached it uh, over the years, you know, that if you've got sin in your life, you need to come up here and you need to confess it and ask forgiveness for it, which has happened. That's happened with two people here in the last couple, last month or so. They have come forward, and they have uh, they have admitted that they've had sin in their life, and they want to be forgiven for it. Well, Paul says that's what this brother needs to do, or you need to put him out. You need to put him out. You don't you don't glory in that. You don't glory in that 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 you you're not of those type of people that do stuff like that. People glory in that. I've, I've had people tell me, well, we don't do that at our church. You know, I, we're, we love everybody. I said, there's nothing wrong with loving everybody. But I said, you, you can't love the sin that some of them are committing. You can't love that. You shouldn't love that. Where did the Apostle Paul speak about this in another epistle? That's what he says over there. He says he spoke of it in another epistle. Where do you speak of it at in verse 9 of the text I just read to you? That's where he spoke about it. Now turn to 2 Thessalonians 3. If you would, 2 Thessalonians 3. In 2 Thessalonians 3, he says in the 6th verse, he says, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother... Now, I'm not talking about lost people here. From every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us. For yourselves know how ye, ye ought to follow us. For we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. You know. You know. Just like on my 75th birthday, uh, someone wrote, and I won't mention, I, most of you probably saw it wrote that I, I had been consistent and I had taught the truth all these years 
and, and, and stand for it. For that very reason, you ought to listen to me today. For that very reason, you ought to be listening today. You know, and you don't, just because a person is a brother or sister, uh, in the flesh doesn't mean that you, you don't break fellowship with them. You break fellowship until that person gets straightened out. You do. I'm sorry, folks. I'm telling you, telling you this. Yeah, I'm 75 years old and I'm too old to change now. Not going to. You know, you know, you, you're not, you're supposed to break fellowship with them. And, and I preached this several years ago and I had a man come to me after services. And he said, well, he said, I know of some I got to break fellowship with. They happen to be some of his family members. Let me tell you, folks, this is what the Bible teaches. God set the order of the services in his church, and he expects his people to follow them. That includes those who are trying to get away from those biblical standards, why? Because biblical standards offend people. Sure, it's going to. It was Martin Luther who wasn't even a Baptist. Martin Luther said, "A gospel that does not offend people is not the gospel of Christ." Charles Spurgeon said that like that in in two or three places. Charles Spurgeon talked about the offense of the gospel. You know, the gospel offends people. We don't stop preaching it just because it offends people. So we don't stop doing anything of the truth just because it offends people. We don't stop doing it. All right, y'all stand, and and we're going to be dismissed, and and I'll let you go, and we'll pick up the rest of it after an evening service.